Hey, don't forget, if you're looking for some pregame coverage, it'll be right here on ESPN 1025, the game. Start your morning off from 10 o'clock in the morning until 1 o'clock. Three hours of coverage. Then, right here on 1025, the game, then the coverage goes to downtown where we are right now. We're here at Pete and Terry's Tavern in the Sobro entrance of Bridgestone Arena. But on Sunday, starting at 1 o'clock, George Jones downtown, which is on 2nd Avenue. You'll have Jared Floyd Reese and Forever Titan Chris Sanders there anchoring down our coverage from 1 until 3 o'clock. So yet again, uh, that would be five hours of pregame coverage leading you up to kickoff of the Titans and the Broncos. And all that pregame coverage is brought to you by Wholesale Link. Powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, Middle Tennessee Kubota Dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Let's say hello and good morning to Terry McCormick from TitanInsider.com. Just like me, he is recovering from some stuff, a little bit different situation. Terry, how the heck are you? I'm getting there, slowly but surely. Yeah? Yeah. We, we've talked a little bit about your incident. Unfortunately, you were in a, a bad car crash. Uh, somebody hit you and uh, broke your arm, which is not good for a rider. But uh, you, you are on the road to recovery, as they say. I am on the road to recovery. Uh, you know, I can't really drive right now, can't really write right now, but <laughs> I can still talk. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So when you look up the when you look at this matchup between the Titans and the Broncos, what do you see? What stands out to I you? I see I see two teams that both have pretty good defense and both are really struggling to find any sort of consistency on the offensive side of the ball. It, it just you know, I think we know the Titans struggles and how inconsistent they've been up one week, down the next and I think when you look at the Broncos, you see a team, you know, you look at them and they're one and four, and you go, wow, how did that happen? But I think it's the fact that, you know, they just don't have enough offensive skill, skill players who can make a difference, and I think that is a big problem in today's NFL. How concerned should they be with the kicking situation? Terry, you know uh, the two of us have been covering the team since the beginning, actually, you had a year up on me. You even covered the team that was in Memphis. I started when they were over at Vanderbilt. Uh, they've been spoiled by kickers and punters over the years. I mean, uh, you think about this organization getting it right. Uh, they've gotten it right a lot more than they have it. Now they're kind of in a really dicey situation. Suck up, yeah. we find out. We thought was coming back, you know, in, in camp and preseason, but – he was not ready for the regular season, as we found out. And they bring in Santos, and that was all right until Sunday when it was a disaster. And now enter Cody Parker. Hi, Parky, how do you approach this if you're Mike Vrabel and his staff when you've got kind of the unknown? And who knows? Now, the good, the good news is, as you know out there with the higher altitude, it favors the kickers. I mean, it's certainly a good place to kick. It's not like kicking in Chicago where Parky – is used to with the wind and the cold weather. So how do you think they'll approach that? Well, obviously, this week in practice is going to be big for Parky so that he can get his timing down with Brett Kern, the holder, and Bo Brinkley, the long snapper, and the Titans can evaluate him and see exactly what type of guy they're getting here until Ryan Suckup comes back. Uh, 
you're right. The altitude uh, should be a, a plus. But, uh, you know, until you can fully trust a guy, and I don't know how much trust you can develop with a guy who's brand new, you just kind of playing it by ear. I think, uh, you know, you have to be a little bit wary. And, Darren, as you know, some of the, you know, coaching decisions that we've seen from Brable and the staff in terms of when to kick a field goal, when not to kick a field goal, it kind of left a scratch in our head. And now you're throwing another X factor into the situation with bringing in a brand new guy in Cody Parkey. I'm glad you brought that up, Terry, because I, I, I got to be honest, uh, Mike Vrabel has left me scratching my head a lot this season, and a lot of people have referenced the last three weeks. I actually referenced the last four weeks because I said all off season, especially with the addition of Adam Humphreys and that signing and what you're paying him, I thought that should be the absolute end of Adore Jackson returning punts, and instead he sent him out there in Jacksonville, and I don't want to say it cost him the game because there were still about 57 minutes left in the game, but it certainly set the tone for the rest of the game. I thought it was a poor decision to send him out there because we had seen it. It just hasn't worked at this level for Adoree Jackson. So every week we have these head-scratching moves from the head coach that has everybody, most everybody, going, what is he doing? Yeah, you know, it's one of those situations, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due here. Uh, I don't know if you've met Luke Worsham or not, who does some writing for A to Z Sports, and uh, he's helping fill in on Titan Insider while I'm out. But he wrote a column on A to Z Sports about Vrabel and the coaching decisions. And uh, and he said that one of the things that he thinks that Vrabel's issue might be is that he's still using too much of a player's mentality when he puts guys in these situations, because Dan, as you know, when, when you're when you're a player, you know you've got to have ice water in your veins. If you you know if you miss a field goal, you got to think you're going to get it the next time you go out there. If you throw a pass that's not that's intercepted, you got to think that you're throwing you know throwing it correctly the next time. And I think that Brable is maybe using too much of his players' mentality, showing a vote of confidence in these guys rather than doing what a coach should do and say, okay, you may have confidence in you, but right now what's best for the team is that we do this. I've got to be honest, Terry. I've been saying that for a year and a half. And the way I say it is it's time for Vrabel to take his coaching hat, everybody his player hat off, and put a coaching hat on. He's a head coach, and he needs to act like it. And I understand at first, you know, going for it and trying to show your team for a first-year head coach at the beginning I said was cute. It's no longer cute. It's costing them games, and he's got to get out of the player mentality. He is a coach. Why he would go up and say anything to Santos before that fourth and final kick, I have no idea. What do you want Santos to say to you? He was a guy who was out on the streets before you brought him in here. Of course he's going to tell you he's fine or put me out there. I mean, I I don't know why you would say a word to the kicker in that spot. To me, the head coach has got to make the decision of do I go for it, do I punt, do I kick this? But either way, walking up to the kicker at that point, to me, shouldn't have even been in the plans. No, I agree with you. I think that uh, really you had two options there. You're either going for it and trusting your defense to get you a three and out if you don't get it, or you're punting them deep and telling the defense to get you the ball back at midfield. Yep. But to me, I think everybody still leans toward 
you got to go for it, right? I mean, you still needed a touchdown. I, I think that's what was more perplexing about anything. You had a kicker that clearly was not having uh, a day. He was having an awful day at the office, and you still needed a touchdown even if he did come through and make a 53-yarder. You still needed the touchdown with six and a half minutes to go. So to me, the it, it made zero sense, kind of like going for it in Atlanta when you could go up 17 and basically end the game there's been not only head scratchers, but in some cases, I don't even understand the thinking or logic behind it. Yeah, the one in Atlanta really baffled me too, because you know that's you know, and the Titans were fortunate that their defense rose to the occasion, stopped the Falcons on downs, and certainly the Falcons have their own set of problems that they're dealing with, as we've seen this year. But uh, back to the Titans, in that instance, you know, putting going up seventeen with 13 minutes to play, that's the nail in the coffin, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, that's a situation where, uh, again, we're left to wonder, you know, why some of these decisions are being made, and, and you know, and I realize that Brable is the ultimate decision maker here because he's the head coach, but surely you have some other guys who are, have some more experience on that staff that are weighing in and saying, hey, we might want to think about this, you know, before we do this. Yeah. Terry McCormick on the line. With us here, TitanInsider.com. So how do you go about trying to, and I warned everybody last week, I said just because Taylor Lewan's coming back doesn't mean the offensive line, I said it all week, is going to be fixed magically. Poof. Okay, everything's better now. And sure enough, it played out that way. How do you go about trying to fix some of the woes now with the offensive line, and especially the surprise of, Gosh, and you remember this. I mean, they went out and identified Levitri from Buffalo as the number one guard out there in free agency, and they paid him a ton of money, and Andy Levitri did not work out here. Well, Saffold was identified yet again as the best guard out there. They went out there and paid him a ton of money, and right now it has not worked out. Yeah, he's really struggling in pass protection for sure. And, uh, you know, it's starting to remind me a little bit of another guy. You remember when they brought Hutchinson in a few years ago, and they thought, oh, this is going to be a great upgrade, and it just turned out that Steve Hutchinson had reached the age where he didn't have much gas left in the tank, and, you know, it makes you wonder if that's the case with Roger Saffold. You know, you hope not for the Titans' sake, but uh, it certainly looks like a situation where this offensive line has a lot more questions than answers right now. I think Taylor Lewan's play should get better uh, as he goes on, you know, first game back. Obviously, there was some rust there got a holding call on the first play of the game. Uh, as far as the other side, you know, Jack Conklin, his play's been up and down. Uh, Nate Davis is now taking over at right guard. He's a rookie. You know there are going to be rookie mistakes and things like that that go along with him. But uh, it's a situation with this offensive line where you're just hoping that this unit gels, that they can put the same five guys out there, keep them out there for a good amount of time, and then hope that that unit gets better as time goes on. But right now, it is kind of a murky situation. What do you do with Dennis Kelly now? If you've got no injuries and everybody can go, what do you do with them? That's a good question. I mean, Dennis Kelly, you know, do you throw him into a competition with Jack Conklin at right tackle? I don't know. Conklin has played pretty well for the most part. He's had some times where – He's uh, gotten beat. Uh, Kelly could play a little bit of guard if you ask him to. Uh, I don't, you know, Jack Conklin has 
said that he doesn't want to be moved to guard. I think right now, you know, Dennis Kelly is probably one of your five best offensive linemen, but he doesn't have a spot to play, and that's and that's the interesting part to me is what do you do with that when you've got a guy who is one of your best five that you've got to have out there, and if you move him to a position he's not familiar with or move somebody else to a position they're not familiar with to get your best five out there, does that weaken things further or does that strengthen things? So I think that's a situation where you know they're just going to have to weigh that, that out and see what's the best option. Delaney Walker's been so good. It may be one of the – Maybe the best signing this organization's ever had since they moved to Nashville. He's had a, a couple of, you know, eye, eyebrow raising drops, which we're not accustomed to in the last couple of weeks, and and they need to get him more involved. Uh, are you surprised that he hasn't been more involved in the offense? I am surprised he hasn't been more involved in the offense uh, because he has been a staple of what they've done over the last five or six years. You know, coming off the injury, I don't know if people thought he would be close to the same Delaney Walker. I think he showed in preseason that he's at least close to that. Uh, to me, you know, the, one of the big problems with this team is that they they need to get in a rhythm and get Corey Davis more touches. They need Adam Humphreys more touches. They need Delaney Walker more touches. And certainly the way A.J. Brown has played, he's probably been their best big play guy they've had so far this year in the receiving core. You want to get all those guys their touches, but that's hard to do when you're only throwing 20 to 25 passes a game, and most of those are the short variety. So to me, you know, the key is can you run the ball enough with Derrick Henry to open up the passing game, or can you pass effectively enough using your guys so that teams don't key on Derrick Henry? And uh, to me, that's a big part of the problem is because you've got – Lots of guys who show flashes and show that they're capable, but none of them are getting a lot of touches right now. All right, last thing, Terry. What, what's going to be the key for them to go out there and get their third win of the year? Well, I think the biggest thing is when you look at Denver, they still have Vaughn Miller. They still have you know, a pretty good pass rush and you know, a pretty good defense. Uh, Big Fangio now running things out there in Denver. He's a defensive-minded guy. The big thing to me is you've got to protect your quarterback, give him an opportunity to make some plays, and ha- and allow yourself to have some balance on offense. You know, you can't. This is not a team that's built to play from behind. You can't go out there, turn the ball over, get down ten nothing or fourteen nothing, and find yourself having to dig out of that. So to me, it all starts with can the offensive line protect, and if they and if they can, can the Titans find some sort of consistency on offense to get things going. We will see how it all plays out. Uh, continue your road to recovery. Good to talk to you, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Darren. Glad to hear that you're back as well. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Terry. Terry McCormick, TitanInsider.com. When we come back, Willie D will be back in the mix. Chase should be from back up from upstairs, and Lindsey Rowley will join us at the table as well. More coming on Darren Donick and Chase ESPN 102.5 The Game. Tonight, Spreads and Capitals. Wrapping up this four-game homestand to kick off the season after the big win over the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday night. And then Predators will embark on their first road trip of the year, and it'll be out west. It'll start off Saturday afternoon at the Staples Center. Darren McFarland, Willie Donick has made his way upstairs. Chase McCabe has made his way upstairs. And so has Lindsey Rowley. The whole crew is here. (laughs) 
Lindsay, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing Hanging, hanging in, in there? there? I was just going to say, you're hanging in there. I'm feeling good. I told you. I, I cheated and took some meds. I don't think that that's cheating. I think that's fair play. Well, unless unless this was over, you know, not, not on schedule. Are we on schedule? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, I'm on okay. schedule. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought cheating you were going to say would be like your, you know, <laughs> uh, Yeah, we don't, want to, we don't want to use that term, right? I, I heard over, and I was like, overdose? <laughs> over, that's, 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 that's a good one. You're right. I shouldn't say cheating, right, because I'm not cheating. No, although you're being I, fair. And I am, I'm peeling back a little bit during the show. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to get loose lips. Right. Yeah, exactly. And say something <laughs> really I was a little disappointed that. in that, to, really, to be honest. So, I, I mean, it could really sure make interesting radio. I'm sure the listeners were, too. But when the show's over, oh, we're going to go back up. Well, tonight, we'll go peel back. Back a little bit, and then tonight after the game, we're going to go back up. Tim Hasselbeck Smart. was he was he was asking the question yesterday, right, Chase, about Darren's pain threshold. He goes, yes. "What's what's his pain threshold?" I'm a wuss because we were I'm a <laughs> you're wuss. Total wuss. So you're admitting that on the radio. Oh, so we were wuss. He was like, "What were who were the two examples that?" Oh, uh, he said, talking? "Is he is he Danny Amendola or is he?" Uh, who was it that always plays through pain? I can't. I can't remember who he said. It doesn't matter because that's not me. I said. Yeah, was, I said. Me. Listen, I want to give my guy. Doesn't matter. It's not me. It's, I want to give my guy the benefit, but he's yeah. a little more Danny Amendola. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so, so funny. Yeah. yeah. But you're here. Yeah. yeah. I, I you're here. battling. <laughs> I am battling. So uh, this team has been battling. Good win yes. over the Sharks Tuesday night. Nice bounce back yeah. from Detroit. Isn't that weird? How they own. The Sharks here in Nashville, and yet Detroit is giving them nothing but fits. I, like, not the, not the Red Wings from the 90s or early 2000s. It's this Red Wings. Yeah, they're but, bugaboo. Right, and the Sharks, have been, <laughs> the Sharks have been world beaters. They've been good, and they own the Sharks here. I know, I know. It was, it was crazy, but, hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, what stood out to you? Uh, let, let's start. Let's start with Matt Duchesne, right? Yeah. So we've seen a lot of every offseason, these big moves or a trade, and you want to see how it all plays out. Here's a guy who wanted to be here, and wow, not only does he want to be here. It's showing. Oh, my gosh. Six points in three games? Hello. I know. And I think the fans, everyone's just so happy to have him, and he seems to fit into the locker room so seamlessly, too. It's like he's been playing here for years, and so – I, I don't think there's anybody who's disappointed so far. And I'm excited to see him tonight. Every every game I'm kind of interested to see, is he going to stay up to that level? Is he going to stay up to that right. level? And he's, shoot, he hasn't let anybody down yet. I think, Lindsay, what's interesting is that you just feel like when he's out there or that line is out there, that something good is about to yeah, happen. I totally agree. Like I, I just feel like totally that, that good things are happening, yeah. too. Even if they don't score, even if – something doesn't happen on that shift you just feel like something big is about to happen yeah Yeah, if he's on the ice whoever he's playing with seems to be buzzing and it's working for Granlin. it's working exactly for Forsberg I mean you're seeing the effect of all three of them and they look like they've been together for a while and Mm -hmm. they've been together three games that's what's so crazy yeah, three games. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, well, I mean, honestly, what do you expect when you put, like, that caliber of player together? I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know how, how else it would turn yeah. out because there's so much skill in that line. And, look, I, I'm going to – this is a disclaimer right up front. This Uh-oh. is not throwing shade. This is not kicking somebody while they're away. This is just being a little lighthearted. Did anybody see the sign that was the Devils in Philadelphia last night? I did. Flyers-Devils? I, did. I didn't. You didn't what see did the say? sign on the glass? This is in Philly. Okay. Yeah, just when think about who their mascot is. I was watching the game. Think about who their mascot is. 76 yeah. is yeah. on the ice, and Gritty's got a sign up that says Lindsay could do better. But but not, not Lindsay Rowley. <laughs> no. The other Lindsay. <laughs> but, 
is now fiance. But the, yeah, but the gag is he has arrows pointed at himself. Right. Right. Yeah. In other words, Gritty is yeah is the one that should steal Lindsay, uh-huh. Lindsay Hardaway. Yeah. Oh Lindsay my gosh, that is so good. I was watching the game too. How did I so miss that? So a little that? troll job by Gritty and oh, Philadelphia. Oh, I love it. Oh man, well, you know you know PK and he's loving that. He oh, is yeah. not. He's eating that up. No and so is Lindsay. Doubt. I'm sure that they they loved it. I'm, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of response. Right. Oh yeah. From from PK. Oh, and for the Devils too. For oh, the Devils. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. And by the way, did you see what else they have installed? And I wonder if this will catch on, <laughs> if they've installed in the arena in Philadelphia. A crash room where the fans can go in there when you're mad. Yeah. A rage room. A rage room, room yeah. whatever they're called. A rage room? And you go in there and you That's can beat incredible. up a TV and smash things. So kind of like our smash car, except year-round. Yes, yeah. Yeah. in a room. You pay 25 bucks and you go in and have at it. Just have at TVs, it. TVs, wine glasses, whatever anything you want. they put in there. What? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what? I Can need, we get a media we, smash I think one of those. We're going to make a video. We have oh to go Oh, my gosh. After, after like a tough show. I mean, you know I work with Crispy, so I need a race <laughs> room all the time. <laughs> I need, I need a ra- personal no rage room next doubt. to the set. <laughs> I'm just wondering, is there any chance we can get that here? Because I think it'll get used. Oh, oh my awesome. gosh. I, Especially I, with Broadway right there. People come off oh, of Broadway. Oh, man. Oh, man. No yep. doubt. Uh, so speaking of, I guess we can segue Dante Fabro, who was yeah. slid in there and replaced PK there with Matias Ekholm. One, Ekholm has really shined yes. to me through three games. And two, we you know, it looked good for 10 games, but you don't know how it's going to no, play out. Right. And Dante Fabro has looked exactly in the four regular season games and the six playoff games. Is it, it looks just the same. Amazing how young he is. And I wish I was I wish I was equipped at his age right. when I was his age, because I wasn't. I, <laughs> I was a mess. Same. Me either. I don't think any of us were. But it's so crazy to think just the how the maturity level in his game is just insane for how how short of a period of time he's been at this level. And so, I again, another player who just continues to shine and is, is going to be extremely valuable. I'm just excited to see the way that he develops and in a few years what he looks like if he looks like this now. Yeah. I'm so glad there wasn't there weren't phones and video and right. everything when I was his age. I mean, look I, out. Like I said, I, there is so much stuff I would be like, you were such an idiot. Oh when yeah, you were twenty one and twenty two, and but him. we didn't have any documented. Pro- Willie and I we were twenty. I mean, there was no documented proof. We didn't have phone call. You had to had landlines and pay phones. Yeah, yeah, dial so, up. So it served us well. Dial up <laughs> for the computers. Oh, I remember that sound Sit when I there was in for middle school. Five minutes waiting for computer. AOL. I used to. Oh, it was all about I, some AOL did, in middle well, school. In college, You've we didn't have mail. email. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have email mail. when I was in college. I mean, I, I'm sure, and not when you were in college. You're older than I am. Uh, we didn't have email. A year. <laughs> two. I knew, I knew I, that was him. Uh, you always act like there's two. this big gap. Two years. Maybe a year and a half. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe 18, 20 months. Okay. <laughs> Everything Getting was technical. Okay, but would yes. you agree? We did not. <laughs> when it comes to age, I've got to get technical. But we did not have email. No. No. So, it, I mean, you we, were, we I were writing snail mail. We yeah. were just old school. We sent you know letters. You know? Slip notes to girls. Yeah. Yes. No, I That's sent letters. Sliding into their DMs. You're sliding a. When well, I would like go, you go away for the summer, the, le- the girl you were dating at the end of the semester, I'd write her a letter. Oh, Lord. In yeah. the summer. Yeah. I don't know. I think that might be. It's not the way to go now. 
It's just back in the day, early, early 90s. It's slide it, sliding into the DMs. This is what, that's exactly. all, that's, <laughs> that's what it's all about. See, we would slide the that's note under the door. Uh, I was just going to say. sliding into the DMs. <laughs> How'd you guys meet? Well, he slid into my DMs, and it was love I mean, that. how often, though, in today's day and age? <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but it's so true. <laughs> well, there's a uh, there's a pretty significant change tonight. Now, Rocco Grimaldi didn't skate. It looks like he's probably unavailable yeah. tonight, and so that's going to... That would have forced some changes, but another change they're making, which I think will really be in the spotlight, is they're going to move Callie Yarncroke up to the line with Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson. Yeah, and that, what an opportunity. And, I mean, Callie's been playing. I mean, we've seen the way, and, and we've heard Coach Laviolette talk about just his hockey IQ. He's always in the right place at the right time kind of thing. And so I think this is a great opportunity for Callie. And, I mean, we were talking with Coach Laviolette earlier Willie, you and I, and, and hearing him talk about, hey, if that line's buzzing tonight, that's what they're really hoping for to get Cali going and to get that line a lot of looks. They are, and uh, it goes back to an interview we have with Peter Laviolette, guys, when he said, I, I've got a spot. I'm, we're competing yep. that spot minutes. on 18 mm-hmm. minutes a night. Yep. So this is, how, this is how it's rolling. One thing that he mentioned, too, uh, to the entire uh, group of the media, he said Craig Smith is still going through a transition, learning how to play the left wing. Right. And he's played on the right wing really his whole life. So he mm-hmm. goes back to the right wing tonight with Kyle Turris. Yeah, and I think that'll be really interesting. And, and you heard Coach Laviolette, as you said, trying out. He said, you know, we're still as a whole in a transition phase. And, and we're trying to figure out what's working. It's still extremely early in the season. Um, so I don't think anything's set in stone It's to right now. And Daniel Carr gets a chance to play uh, for the really first time tonight. I, I, he's got to be... He's got to be really chomping at the bit to oh come in. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't wait to see him out on the ice. I'm wondering if nerves will take over at all, but you got to imagine being as at that caliber of, of player that he's going to be, I mean, you would think, solid. And I think w- another thing that's encouraging for him is he gets to play with two skilled players, Kyle Turris and Craig Smith. I mean, that's, right. he's not with some grinders, some guys who really aren't skilled. Uh, Daniel Carr, top-level scorer in the AHL, has had some success. He gets to play with some creative, fast players. Right, yeah. And I and I think that tonight it's it's going to be a huge test for him to see how he can respond to playing on this kind of a stage. But like you said, he's been chopping at the bit. So I think he's going to come out. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big night from Daniel Carr. Chase, I don't know who you talked to uh, down there. but I, I, I'm Matt sure Duchesne. Matt Duchesne. And, uh, yeah. So this, is, this would not be related to that. But they, it looks like they're going to roll with the same third defense pair. The top two pairs have been awesome. The third defense pair has been a little shaky at, at times, especially with the, the actual results. That, you know, just look at the plus minus. Right. Uh, so they've been caught out there a few times. That, that will be something to see if they can get a higher level from. It looks like Matt Irwin will get another shot tonight with, the, with Yannick Weber. Yeah, that was the vibe I got when I, was, uh, when I was in the locker room just now. They're about to go into a meeting after morning skate, but uh, Matt Irwin was – you know, one of those guys that was uh, was was in there when when the rest of the team came off the ice. So I liked what I saw the other night. And well, that's what it was game. with the skate. I mean, that's yeah. what, that's the line I saw. Yeah. So Irwin yeah. and Hamus. Irwin and Weber. Weber. Excuse yeah. me. Irwin and Weber. Yeah. See, there's the meds kicking in. Hi, there <laughs> they are. There they are. They are. <laughs> Rearing their ugly head. Are we going to do you, break? Do you or? need to? Do you need to go, or do you have a couple more? minutes? No, I have a couple more minutes. All right, let's uh, let's come back quickly on the other side. More with Lindsey Rally. 
Fox Sports Tennessee. She wants a smash room. She I has to do this rage pregame room. and postgame with Terry Crisp. She <laughs> needs a rage room. More with Lindsay on Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025 The Game. We're back. Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app at Pete and Terry's Tavern at Bridgestone Arena. Lindsay Rowley from Fox Sports and, of course, works with Willie and C-Mace and Crispy and the whole crew on the games as uh, they get ready to take on the Washington Capitals tonight. And I'll start there because I, I was talking to Matt Duchesne for our pregame show, and you know, he spent time in the East, so he's familiar having played the Washington right. Capitals. This is going to be a big test for the Preds. I think it, it's gotten a little bit tougher with each game, and now you have a true Stanley Cup contender coming to town in uh, Alex Ovechkin yeah. in the Washington Capitals. Yeah, it's going to be a big challenge tonight for sure. And But I, I'm really interested to see how the Preds respond. And like you said, I mean, it hasn't been easy so far, and it's not going to get any easier. Yeah, I, and, you know, I like the line combinations. We talked about, obviously, the Duchesne yeah. line and what they've been able to do. But this this offense right now is so fun to watch because they have true – they have four true lines that are yeah. able to contribute. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I, again, I think that's just going to make the dynamic of tonight's game a bigger test, and it's going to be really interesting to see. And as you mentioned, Matt Duchesne has been playing lights out. Uh, he's been incredible, and I just think that I'm I, every time he gets on the ice, I'm kind of interested to see what he's going to do. It's one of those guys you can always tell when he's on the ice. It's just a different feel. You were talking about the Taurus line earlier and how that there could be some changes, but to watch Kyle just get his, his confidence is back. Yes. I mean, and he, the way he carries himself, the way he's talking to all mm-hmm. of us, you can just tell that, not that he wasn't having fun before, but it was just a down year. Right. And now this is the Kyle Turris that we first met when he was acquired here. And, and it was great yeah. to see him score the other night. Oh, it was. And like you said, I think that, I mean, he was already, I think, before that goal carrying himself differently. And that goal just definitely just boosted that confidence up even more. And I, it's so nice to see him back in that, like, you can just tell, like you said, that state of mind compared to what it was last year to when he first got here. And he's definitely back to plan A. I'm curious to see how he works with, you know, he's played with Craig Smith obviously before and then Daniel Carr coming in and what that's going to look like uh, because you know I think the the combination that they've had has worked you know especially for Kyle Turris but now it's all right what will Cali Yarncroke do you know moving up playing with Johansson and Arvidsson now, you know, can Kyle Turris, Craig Smith recreate some things that they've had in the past? Yeah, and I, you know, speaking with, we were talking about it before the break with Coach Laviolette saying they're still trying things out. They're still trying to figure out what, what works. And, you know, to be able to have as much skill as he has, I mean, shoot, what a gift to be yeah. able to, to, hey, I'm a, I can move things around. I can see what's going to work, and we're still going to have success. You know, that's pretty awesome. Dante Fabro, we talked about earlier, has done a tremendous job, but let's look at the other guys in, you know, on defense. Roman Yossi, the captain, yeah. leading the way, but I feel like with P.K. Subban moving on that you've had the, the other three, the big three, right. they've they've upped their game, especially oh. Matias Ekholm. Oh, I agree. Matias Ekholm, man. I mean, he is always impressive, but to me here in the beginning of the season, he's one of the guys who has stood out the most uh, so far. Just him, the, the way, I mean, we talked about Kyle Turris, the way that he carries himself, but Matias Ekholm, to me, he's just elevated his game in every aspect. I'd ask you about Pecorine, but all you really have to say is he's pretty good. He's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty yeah, good. he's not bad. Not bad. It looks like uh, <laughs> looks like he'll go again tonight yeah. against uh, against the Caps. So uh, I and I told Darren uh, earlier that you know I wanted to see him in back to back games. They've had the day off, but I wanted mm-hmm. to see consecutive games out of him to see what that looks like. So yeah. he will get a, a big test tonight. Yeah, and he I mean he had to be sharp early on Tuesday, and and he was he was incredible as always. I mean he's always that good. Well, one of the things that you'll see tonight that might be a little different. Washington a little bigger. They, they've yeah. got the skill, but they're a little more rugged. And so I, I think 
that'll be something to see if they, they can continue to get that speed, the, the, the number of scoring chances. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of Pekka, you know what the deal is, too, with Washington. You can't take a lot of penalties. It, it, this, this is the uh, scary stat. You're saying right? their power play is pretty good? Well, they're, <laughs> they're not right now. They're 0 for their last 11, which worries the heck out of me. Yeah. Because they're, <laughs> and they're 2 for 16 on the season. They are way too good for that. So they're due yeah. for a 3 for 5 kind of night. So I would not want to take too well, many extra Well, that's what they said the about box. us last year, too. And it never happened. <laughs> I know, I know. Just saying. That well, is I, true. I saw, I saw Ovechkin, and I saw he had a tent and some marshmallows, so I think he's going to be camped out in the oh left, my God. left circle on the power play. You know what? He'll be visible. You know exactly where well, he's going to be. you know exactly where he's going to be. You don't even be. have to look Isn't over that amazing? there. He's going to be there. You know what he's going to do, yeah. Oh, yeah. and yet people still can't stop it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and he's still one of those players that, to this day, that whenever the Washington Capitals come to town, I just have to stop and watch him. I don't even pay attention to anybody else. I'm just watching Ovechkin yeah. just because the way he plays the game is just so fun. And yeah. He's so well, skilled. he's in a slump. Four games in, he only has a goal. So yeah, he'll be all right. I don't know See, what's this, going this on This is another thing. I don't like that at all. <laughs> but, you know. Coach Willie. I was just Coach, Coach Willie. Willie. <laughs> Very Coach nervous Willie. about tonight. Coach Willie gets nervous <laughs> about these things. Speaking of Washington, though, Ovechkin tweeted a big congratulatory note to the Nationals. So I'm hoping all the, all the Capitol guys were staying up really late celebrating the Nationals win last night in L.A., Ovechkin has a picture of himself like in a Washington Nationals jersey, and he tweeted it out and said congratulations to the, to the guys. But being a sports fan in Washington, it's been pretty exciting. They've had all those yeah. tough times over the long haul, right? And obviously the Redskins aren't very good, but uh, you got the Caps a couple years ago, and now the Nationals have Wizards, made a breakthrough. Wizards aren't very good. Well, you know, you can't have, Redskins. can't have everything. By the way, the Redskins, though, there's hope. They're in Miami to take on the Dolphins. I week. hope it ends in a tie. And they're favored. <laughs> they are favored. Yikes. Uh, Somebody yikes. is going to win. Somebody so, is Well, no, I said that, that earlier, though, but we. There could be a tie. It could be a tie. Those 10-minute overtimes do could be a tie. make w- it higher Wouldn't percentage. that be appropriate for the Redskins and the Dolphins to tie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, do you have anything up your sleeve for pregame that we should we should know about? Yes. Sean oh. Henry is going to be on the desk with us, okay. so that will be exciting. And um, Can you bring up the, the smash room? I, oh, that's actually a great oh, idea. That's a good room. idea. The rage room. I need to ask him about yeah. the rage but room. But I think it would be it would be called the smash room here, right? Oh, I mean, for sure. That's why I keep it yeah. smash room. Yeah, I, I think. Got to uh, keep yeah. with the theme. Yeah, I like the theme. I would secretly call it the rage room, but you're right. <laughs> I think it needs to officially be called the I'm just saying that should probably be brought up. I think so, too. You, you know, if you're going to have it here and then have people come off Broadway, it's probably the smashed room. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That, we can have two Do you rooms. have to be smashed? A smash <laughs> room and the smash room. I know. Room. Yeah, Do you have go. to, like, bl- like, you know, like, a breathalyzer, like, in I, order I to go in? that's probably a good idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you sign your life away, just like you do it, like, the axe throwing yeah. and everything else. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, they don't breathalyze you to throw an axe. Which they probably should. They should. <laughs> but... <laughs> Sure, let's give a drunk person a sharp object. And yeah, like it and let them like throw it. Yeah. <laughs> or That's in smart. a room full of glass. You know, yeah, that right. seems like oh. a smart thing. I mean, 2019. you, you got to be in, like, one of those, like, sumo costumes or something, right? Like, well, so yeah. no one, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm definitely thinking a helmet, a, maybe a caged helmet. Yeah, definitely. And some goggles. Caged, well, yeah, goggles yeah. for sure. And a caged helmet. But I'm th- like, I mean, you've got to be like, uh, it's got to be a full body suit of some kind. You would think, <laughs> right? Like Buzz Lightyear style, and you like put your put, <laughs> put, put, 
put down the mask and, and go for I it. I think we've got this room figured out. I think yeah. so, too. Now you're, they you're just, just need to implement it. Sean. You're welcome, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Lindsay Rally, Fox Sports Tennessee. You'll see her at the desk tonight. Lobbying for that smash room. Yes, for sure. A.K.A. Rage Room. Rage Room. <laughs> yeah, her and Terry Crisp. Uh, we appreciate her joining us. We'll come back, wrap up the second hour of Darren, Donnie, and Chase. Good little tune, Max, coming out of the break. Back here on Darren, Donnie, and Chase. Special thanks to Lindsey Rowley. You, uh, you told me the, the Pete special here, Willie. I think I need to, to order yeah. that. It, 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 the Beef on Weck. The Beef on Weck. Yeah, it's a Buffalo specialty. We were in Buffalo a couple years ago, and and they had these sandwiches on the plane for us. Did they sell a lot here Saturday night when the Bills fans took downtown over? Well, the question would be, when you go to another city, do you get yeah. what's famous you get in your hot city? Chicken, you get hot chicken. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to see you know, what it, how it how stacks it up. Yeah. Is, it, is it legit? So maybe, maybe. Yeah. The Bills fans were certainly oh, uh, they were my. they were in full force, and some of them force. hung out. Like I saw them like on Monday, like hanging around. Oh, you know, I saw it. Bills T-shirts and jerseys on Monday afternoon. I was well, like, "Well, you're still here." I mean, Pete, Pete's left, so I can say this. Do you think they're in a hurry to get back? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, was, I think well, I, I think the Bills being four it. and one, nobody's working on Monday anyway well, up there. Well, that's tell you what, Sean McDermott's done a really good job with that team. Yeah. Really has, I think they're going to make it as a wild card. Just the way their schedule is, you know, they got a great opportunity. division they're in. Well, let's be honest, two's not coming out of the AFC South, or at least it doesn't look that way. I don't think so. The division in which they're in, you know, the Jets, you can at least pencil in another W that Miami, and then they hung tough with New England. I don't think they'll beat New England, but and then what they've what they're doing, you know, outside of their division, I, I think. I think they're in a very good position to be a wild card. Their defense is going to keep them in games. They have a very good defense. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I, I agree. We saw it last week. Even against the good teams. But, and we're – in the AFC, the other part about this that we kind of ask probably every October around this time after the teams have played five or six games, it's still yet to be determined who a lot of the good teams are in the, in the AFC – Right, we know we know the that. Patriots. I think the Chiefs are yep. legit. Chargers haven't turned out the way we thought. They've no, been, they've been disappointing. No, they, look, if they don't get this thing turned around, they're they're Anthony Lynn's going to get shown the door. Yep, because there were huge expectations for that team coming into the season. Huge. They just went out to Denver. And, I mean, they they lost to Denver at home. Denver's yeah. two and three. I mean, uh, Denver. That's their first win of the year. Chargers are two and three. So I, that's, think that's, I think the Ravens are good. I don't think they're great. But do, but do we know? Good. Did, but did the Steelers really and Bengals aren't good. No, they're not. And so Cleveland's Cleveland, not uh, Cleveland is so Cleveland. Far. Nope. Nobody's emerged from the AFC South. Is so it's still there's still opportunities out there for somebody about, to get on a run. How about Maybe Oakland? the Titans can be that team. How about Oakland being three and two? Well, there's another one. I, did you expect them to be three and of two? Course at this point? Of course not. Of course not. Nobody did. But nobody. I don't think nobody's buying. Their stock right now, right? If their stock, I don't think anybody's buying. No, well, that, that's, but that's they've the won thing. two in a row. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, I'm not buying them either. But at least they're hanging around. Well, they've won two good games yeah. in a row. Yeah, but yeah, I'll give Indy, it to them. Chicago. Yeah, but uh, you still are you buying them? No, it's wide open. 
pa- past the Chiefs and the Patriots, I'd I say it's pretty wide open. I would agree. Yeah, Which who's, thir- who's third? You could make a case today. It's the Bills. Could well, you not? I, I think you have to. I mean, they're four and one. Record, well, record but wise. not just record. I'm saying right now. I don't know. I guess I'm not still. I'm they not, hung they, in they, there they, with New England, but they they did. That, that's they probably hung in the, there. Their best argument is and they how had they four played. turnovers. Yeah, four turnovers, and they and lost the quarter, by six. And, and the quarterback a got knocked out. punt for a touchdown. Yes, right. They did everything they could to they lose shut that game. Down. They shut down the Patriots' offense. They shut it down. Yeah. So. And, I mean, they, a loss is a loss, but you, you have to give them some credit there. So I, I would say right now they probably are third. I think, and the reason we were talking earlier why this game is so critical out in Denver is I think you have to feel pretty good about the Texans dropping one in KC, even though it's going to be a fantastic but, game. But how did the Colts go win in KC? I know, that, but that's the thing. So do you, expect, like, but do you expect them to lose two games in a row if at Arrowhead? Patrick, if Patrick Mahomes – was healthy and didn't have the ankle injury. Do you think they would have lost that game? Because I I don't. But I know. But that's part but of you it. You still have to get. You got to give the Colts all kinds of credit. Sure. Yeah. Their their offensive line gives them. It's a great staple to to stay in games. They they run the ball well. Jacoby Brissett does not have to just fling it all over the field. Their defense is is okay. You know the the Colts they're well coached. The Colts are the Colts. You can't write them off and just say, "Well, they they have no chance." Who who? Why would you say that about any like Jacksonville? Do they have no chance? They've done a tremendous job without Jalen Ramsey. But they're right? home against the Saints. So what happens? Yep. You tell me. I think the Saints keep rolling now. Jalen Ramsey is he going to be back? Shad Khan, who you know the owner, apparently he's. He's trying to be Jim Irsay and give all these injury updates. You know, he's saying that Jerry Jones is he playing GM? I guess he but needs to stay out of that. But. I just saw a picture. Now you tell me, is this? Am I seeing this right? I don't know. I can't see. Snow it. on the field in, in Denver. No, right we've already, we already went. You to guys Denver. talk about that? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's, Brandon Cristal confirmed. He said, snow in "You know Denver. what he told us? This weekend's game last year. This was the coldest game of the year in Denver." Not in one in November, <laughs> okay. not in December. This weekend, the middle of October, last year, was the coldest game on record in Denver for last season. Yeah. Well, it, Now, he said it's not going to be that way. For the, He said it's going to go back up to the low 60s for the game. So it's not going to be snowy. So there's not going to be elements in play. But today it is snowing in Denver. What's funny is Marshall Widener, our on-site engineer for, for Barrel House during games, that's where he is. And he showed me the forecast the other night that the day he left, which was yesterday, it was like 67, 70 degrees, something like that. And then he goes, what do I do? And he showed me the next day, and it was like a 40-degree drop with snow. <laughs> so he had to basically pack warm weather one day, and then the rest of the time had to deal with the, uh, the elements there. So that's – but that's Denver. I'm all- – I was. I have this in my mind, and you guys tell me if, because uh, this is this would be, not based on any stats that I have, but I feel like Marcus Mariota has not played particularly well in games that have been dealing with the elements, right? Rain, yeah, snow, true. extreme cold. I mean, every the cold affects everybody, but him in particular. I some guys don't seem to be phased at all, like Tom Brady throwing in the snow. No Puts problem. the glove on and yeah, he's good. He's, yeah. he, 
that game, the, the 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 famous game against the Titans in the extreme cold, it was like four degrees. I was there. He pl- he he played perfect. He, yeah. he had he had no problems making Is that the any AFC throws. Title game? No, that was a divisional, the, divisional divisional game. game. That's right. But do you, do you like Mariota? Is that fair to say that in some games with extreme weather, he doesn't seem to get, yeah, have a great grip on the ball, throw throw real well? I wonder how much of that, especially last season, because he dealt with the nerve thing. I mean, I wonder. Yeah. If the weather would affect that, um, and you know we don't think he's having any effects from it this season. But you're right; historically, he just he hasn't done well in the elements. But I mean, think about he grew up in Hawaii. He played at Oregon. He just I don't think he really had to deal he with. Probably that had much. some rainy games in Oregon. I would yeah, think. rain. But you know the. But the I don't cold. know. I mean, I, I just I, I I didn't watch every game that he played at Oregon, but I do. I just had that that wonder. If you get a windy day, you just seem to have games like that in Denver where the something is affecting you, whether it be just the altitude in general, altitude plus wind, altitude plus snow. I don't know. So they think the snow will be out of there by Yeah, by he Sunday. said it will be in the low 60s. Yeah. 325 kickoff. It's going to get cooler here. Yeah, and we'll have uh, the kickoff, our show, will start at 10. So I don't have to get up super Five early. hours of yeah. pregame. It's going to be great. 10 until 3 o'clock. All right. We'll come back. Uh, Do we have to? (laughs) Review and try to make some winning picks for silly underdogs. That will kick off the third hour first. I want to tell you about my friends over at Cool Springs MD. You've heard me talking about them for years. And they know a lot of you men here in this area have started to seek help for hormone deficiencies and imbalances. And Dr. Jeffrey Lodge is the board-certified physician over there, his wife, Daphne Lodge is the registered nurse, and uh, their experienced staff, they want to give you men out there the treatments that are required to improve your quality of life. And as we all get older, I hope you want that like I do. And their services have already helped a lot of you here in the Middle Tennessee area with improving your immune systems, your energy levels, your cognitive function, and so much more. They're there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy and enriched life. There's no better time to achieve that healthy lifestyle then right now, what are you waiting for? Give them a call. Make that appointment like I have, 615-660-6900. That's 660-6900. Or you can always visit their website, coolspringsmd.com. 